Hi, friends. My name is Maria McNeil Phelps, and this is the McNeil Voice Studio Podcast. Here we'll be exploring the journey of discovering your true voice, whether it is exploring your purpose or calling or your speaking or singing voice. We're going to talk with others about their journey and look for inspiration and ways to fall in love with the process of self-discovery. So here we go. And welcome to the McNeil Voice Studio podcast. My name is Maria McNeil Phelps. And today I have a very special guest, Amber Frangus. She is a Kentucky-based playwright. Her plays include Rosie's, The Women Who Riveted the Nation, Leo, His Journey Through Breast Cancer, and her upcoming musical, Marry Her Story, where I've had the pleasure of co-writing music on that project. Yay! Uh, Amber is also a resident playwright at Flashback Theater. She is involved in the theater as an actor, director. She assists in artistic development as or and is the playwright mentor for the let's play company members at flashback theater um, amber received her education from california state university san bernardino where with a concentration in drama in the classroom when amber attends the theater she wants to see humanity bleeding on the stage in all its flawed beautiful Glory. She wants to leave the theater a different person than when she arrived. With that thought in mind, Amber writes plays she wants to see. I think that is so cool. And I'm so excited she's here. Welcome, Amber. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yay. Um, okay, so we're going to just dive right in. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to this philosophy with your writing. Well, I, it's interesting you say that. And I want to start off with um, someone asked my sister what Amber was like when she was little, because this surprised me as well. She goes, well, I don't really remember that much. She was always locked in her bedroom with her art. Mm. And I never thought of it that way. That was just my life. I mean, it's just what came to me naturally. I'd color, I'd paint, I'd draw, I'd write from a very uh, early age, we were encouraged to perform by my grandmother. We were entertaining on Sunday evenings. That's what we did. We performed and they would laugh Fine. and all this and that. So it wasn't until much later that I realized I was an artist. I, I just thought that's what everybody did in the privacy of their home and um, never thought to give it to the world ever. Even now I do things here around the house that are artistic that I do for me. It's just a part of me. So for my writing to develop from that was um, when my dad died mm -hmm. and it was like a whole turnabout that I became this different person in the fact that life is so short. In the back of my mind, I thought I'd always go public with it or, you know, do something with it, but I never did because it was just something that I did for me. Then it, I started making it more visible. I started doing it with an outward focus instead of just something that comforted me. Wow. Um, how, uh, uh, when did your father pass? I was 37 years old wow. and a single mother. I had, you know, my two sons living in California. Um, I had graduated by that time and I just started writing. I um, always gravitated toward playwriting. I had submitted a few short plays to um, Ohio State University when I was a senior in high school, you know, didn't know anything about playwriting, didn't know formatting or anything. And the uh, professor was very, looking back, he was very uh, accommodating. He said, mm. you're very creative, but you need to learn the crafts. You know, you need to learn more of what 
it entails. Each type of writing has a different requirement. And so I started taking it more seriously then. I just started writing. And I would get little free freelance jobs, you know, $20 here, $15 there. And that's basically how my serious outward manifestation of my art began. So it, did it originate basically as a, a way to cope with grief then? You know, I think it did. I think it was such a shock because my life was the same for so many years. And then boom, now it's not the same. And so it was kind of my way to turn to my art as a way to work through my grief, but also something I wanted to take seriously now. It, it made it a serious focus instead of just something I did to comfort myself. Hmm. And so um, you moved, uh, so you were in California mm-hmm. <laughs> and you yes. moved to Ohio. Um, yes. Was that during this part of the transition or well what happened was my dad died in 97 uh, on christmas day and then new year's day my mother had a heart attack and i had flown back to california and then she had to have bypass surgery um in february it didn't go well she had to have another surgery in may and so i decided i just brought my kids back i moved back brought them back to take care of my mother because my sister's prior had been taking care of my dad who died of cancer and then now she had a heart attack so i felt it was my family obligation to come back and help um you know not in a bad way by any means i was glad to do it it was my time to you know mm-hmm. to help and that's how i ended up in ohio was uh, taking care of my mom so Wow. Yeah. And I was writing the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting. It was it, it was my salvation in a sense because I was working full time, taking care of my mom, raising two sons. Um, and it was my salvation at that point. Mm-hmm. I would just write to relax, to put my, you know, um, feelings out there, to put my thoughts out there. Um, so yeah. it saved me in that sense. Do you feel like because you had those uh, times when you were younger where you had the Sunday night shows or you were in your room with your creativity that you kind of knew what to do to to deal with the stresses in your life? I definitely do. It was a self-care at that point. Um, although I was still submitting things, getting rejected, you know, um, if anybody knows anything about writing, if you don't have more rejections and acceptances, you're not a writer. <laughs> I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Um, I would do that. I, and then I would do poetry and I've, I've had a couple poems published in, um, St. Leo's university. I think they're out of Florida published a couple of my poems. Um, I had a uh, story published through Guidepost magazine, the online version that was a, a poem-based story. So here and there, I've, I've just plugged away to get published. And um, it, it was what brought me through. Um, but it's funny because in the back of my mind, my favorite writing has always been playwriting. Mm-hmm. Everything I think of when I hear someone tell a story, I would imagine how that story would be in play form with humans interacting in front of a live audience. That is above and beyond my, my favorite writing. So what led to the courage to share these thoughts with other people? When my dad died, it was weird. It was, it was when he passed away, something inside of me hardened. And I, that's the only word I can think of, not in a bad way, but it was like, Amber, you've always wanted to do this in the back of your mind. Someday, someday, someday. But at that point, 
my life changed that I'm going to manifest things I've always wanted to try and do. And it was a slow growth. It wasn't like the next day I was out, you know, doing all these things. Well, for example, my acting now, I would act at home, never wanted to do it on stage. I was happy to do it for myself. I want to act in front of people, sing in front of people, write in front of people, um, give speeches, whatever it is. I want to do it outwardly now instead of inwardly. Wow. I can't explain why. It's just a different in focus. Wow. Well, um, you certainly did do that. You jumped out and you started sharing your your thoughts and your passion with the world. Um, you know, you, I happen to just know you and know that you... Uh, had a relationship with flashback theater. So what, uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, uh, here again, um, in, uh, I ended up in Somerset, Kentucky by Providence. We just, you know, ended up here and, uh, flashback theater had a call in the local, um, newspaper and also online for auditions for a play in, um, coming up in August. And, um, I thought, I'm going to try it. I'm going to take it as far as I can take it. I'm going to audition. If I get cast, fine. If I don't, fine. I'll just keep plugging away. I'll just, I'll just, you know, they'll have to throw me away uh, eventually to get rid <laughs> of me. And it went really well. I met Summer um, Shock, who was the founder and is still the founder of Flashback Theater that actually changed my life because she provided a platform for my voice. And that's what she does here in our community is she gives anybody who's willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. you have to put in the work, the platform for our voice, whatever that voice is. And that's how I started with Flashback. That's amazing. Um, so let's let's talk about some of the work that you've, you're doing with yes. them or have done with them, uh, or just actually, this is your work. Um, so your current projects are A Bad Day, Just Gone Wrong, Leo, One Man's Journey Through Breast Cancer, uh, behind these doors and uh, marry her story, which I'm just going to note that it's scheduled for production May 2022. Um, Yay! So tell us a little bit more about these bodies of work and just how you've grown from writing them. Well, what I thought was interesting, and I actually, when I wrote the, the list for this podcast, and I thought, in and of themselves, these bo- this body of work is very not related. I mean, it's a bad day got just got worse as a comedy about a girl who has a really bad day at work and four historical women come and help her through her bad day. Um, uh, and she thinks she's having a psychotic breakdown. So it's a comedy. And then I have behind these doors is a story of the opiate abuse here in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then um, Leo a man who gets breast cancer, that's obvious what it's about. And then I have Mary, her story, that's the human story between Jesus and Mary. And I thought, they don't really are linked together, but what I gravitate to is a story that can showcase humanity in its highest form. That's what they all have in common, is what I live for when I go to the theater. And it doesn't matter if it's a drama or um, even a fringe uh, play or a comedy, I sit on the edge of my seat for that moment in the play. And it might only be 20 seconds where there's the human contact between the characters. There's something, maybe it's not even written in there. That's what I write about. And the story might be completely different from play to play, but that's what I want someone when they come to see my work is the humanity between the characters. Yeah. Um, like for Mary, for example, um, you know, this was inspired years ago. 
I wanted the human story. Even now today, when I think of Mary, I think of her as a mother with a child that had to do an extraordinary thing. And she was an ordinary human being. And we are all that in a sense. We, we're all ordinary human beings who do extraordinary things all every day. It might be subtle to some people when they look at what's happening, but that's an extraordinary thing to see the humanity between people. I think that is what's the most closest to God. And that's what I write about. Well, I certainly uh, personally find it inspiring as somebody who's dealt with like chronic illness and like just, um, you know, tragic moments in my life personally. I know just seeing and hearing the stories that other people have like persevered or how they've gotten through it is just so helpful to to me personally. I think uh, some other people out there will agree with that. Right. Um, So, you know, is there anything that you you learned about yourself that surprised you when you were writing these things? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, which goes back to me writing for myself and, you know, the privacy of my safety of my bedroom. What'll happen is, and I'm getting better at it, with Rosie's, for example, when I first uh, introduced it to Summer, um, it was a rough draft. You know, we all know that, um, or like I said, if you write, you know, rough drafts are just the launching pad. I have written the story that I thought people wanted to hear versus the story I wanted to tell. Mm. I have a very bad habit of thinking, well, I should put this in because they probably want to hear this. What I'm getting better at is writing the story I want to tell and the people out there will have to make a decision whether they agree with it or not. So that's the biggest lesson I've learned through this whole process of coming public with my writing. Wow. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, well, you know, and so this is, uh, this podcast really is about, you know, you know, finding your voice, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Um, but, but, um, like the connection here is also like really going deeper and finding like your purpose and, and in your calling. And, um, you know, do you, do you believe that people have a purpose, have a calling? I definitely do. I I know um, for myself, it's what I struggle with because I, and like I said, I think with being more public with my work, it's helping me, but I truly believe that my service, I think our callings are our service. We have to come to terms with what that is and then how to implement it in a day-to-day actual material life. And you know what I mean by material is, you know, you, you have to go to work, you have to pay bills, you have to do these things to maintain an existence. But in my opinion, a calling is something more spiritual, something more outside of ourselves. So what I believe my calling is, and this is how I can equate what I do and why I do what I do is I believe in the art. I believe that the creative process is a collective that we all can tap into. I believe that it is necessary for our survival as a human being to somehow use that creative collective. And I don't mean everybody's going to produce a creative work, but everybody, even if somebody goes to work all day and comes home and turns on their TV, somebody with a creative mind had to produce that for them to unwind after their day and then to do their purpose, whatever that may be, if their purpose is taking care of sick children or whatever. So I strongly believe that creative people are that part of humanity that keeps humanity going. Wow. Do you, um, do you, 
you know, uh, I guess do you have any suggestions for people that might feel lost? Like how, how do I figure out what my purpose is? I know for me when I feel lost and I still get that way, actually I'm coming out of a point of that where I have to trust my gut. And I know people say that, you know, trust your instincts, trust your instincts and all this and that, but I get sidetracked from that all the time. You know, I'll, I'll think, well, maybe I should do that, you know, and it's something I've totally never done before. And then my instincts will say, no, Amber, don't do that. And I'll go ahead and do it anyway. And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, right. I shouldn't have done that because it'll get me away from maybe a creative work that I wanted to do or um, just something inspiring that that means something to me. So I would say, just go inside yourself and, and, and interview yourself. I do that now more than ever. Like, Amber, is this something you really want to do? Well, I don't know. Well, you need to think about it. Okay, I'll think about it. And then I'll start churning on it. And if my really, really strong inclination is, no, it's not something I want to do, I'll set it aside now where before I would say, okay, I'll hurry up and do this and then I'll get back to my work. I don't use that mindset anymore. I decide if it's something I want to do and then if it isn't, I won't do it. So, um, you know, another thing that I often hear is that it's too late you know, to be creative or <laughs> to, um, I think specifically creative, maybe because I'm around creative people all the time. And, and uh, as a voice teacher, that's a big thing. I'll, I'll people come up to me and be like, well, it's too late. I, I like to sing, but meh. And, um, I, I feel personally that I'm still like learning what, like I can be passionate about new things <laughs> and, and try new things. Um, but what is your take on that when, when somebody might say it's too late to start writing or, you know, anything in the creative stuff? I, I, obviously I believe it's never too late. I'm 60 years old and um, I didn't really, I think it was just a couple of years ago. I actually took voice lessons and I, as anybody who knows me, I don't think there's anybody that loves music more than I do. I think they love music as much as I do, but I love music. I love singing. I love listening to it. I love to go to live performances. Um, I thought I want to do it. I don't care if people think I'm too old. I'm doing it for me. Um, and I'm, and in the other uh thing I think about it was I try something new I'm going to take it as far as I can take it you know I I don't see me performing on Carnegie Hall but who knows if it comes up I'll take a gig there do you see what I'm saying I will let the universe if you will whatever you want to call it the god force the creative collective whatever let me go as far as I can go and it will tell me when I've gone far enough you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't like that train of thought. I do know what I feel sorry for people is, and I was in the same boat. For my first 35, 40 years, I had to take care of a family. I had to work. I had to, you know, eke out a living. That really crunches in your creative time if you can't be employed doing something creative. So that that fire, that burn was always there with me from the beginning. It's just now I'm at a point in my life, I can focus the majority of my time of being creative. And creatively, this is the happiest I've ever been because I am the only person limiting myself now. I am the only thing limiting that. So anybody that says that it's too late, it's never too late. But they got to believe that too. Well, you bring you know, up a good point too. Like some people are just really busy and like, and, and you got to pay the bills. And so right. um, how do you make sure, how do you add time that is for you, for your passion? Well, what I used to do, like now I have way, you know, I have, uh, my schedule's really opened up this last year. Um, 
I don't have that concern anymore. But usually what I would do when I would get home from work and do all the chores, and if I didn't get the kitchen floor scrubbed or, you know, the carpet swept, but it was, you know, 9.30 at night, that was my creative time. And I would write and I would sing or, you know, whatever it would do to feed that part of me that had to be fed. Because there were times creatively when I wasn't doing anything and I was not happy. I was, you know, verges of depression and it's just an awful thing. I need it. It's not something I just want to do because it's creative. I have to do it to survive. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you bring up so many good points. Um, like I, I, the other thing about kind of being in the moment and not thinking about what the project you're currently working on is going to look like in the future or where, you know, if it's too late or just kind of being in the moment, I often think of that kind of almost like stretching where if we, we want to stretch like really far (laughs) yeah, uh, because we think we're supposed to, but if that might not actually feel the best in that moment. So that's really, that's really good. Um, uh, wisdom you shared with us here and um, definitely finding ways to, to still have that when you're, you're busy and you feel like you, you yeah. don't have time. Um, let's, let's chat a little bit about your work with flashback theater. I, I'm going to go back to that. Um, so you're a resident playwright there. <laughs> yes. So what is that? How did you get to do that? Tell us all about it. Well, like I said, I auditioned for the um, play, um, and the tide shall cover the earth and got the uh, part of granny, which I loved playing her. So I started off at flashback as an actor. And um, I had mentioned this summer, we, I think it was at a let's play event that I had um, wanted to get back into seriously writing plays. Um, and her mother or stepmother, Carol Huckleby had been looking for plays about women from Kentucky that um, she'd want to see produced. And there really weren't any. And she uh, brought me, um, let's see, it was Rose Monroe, the um, Rosie, and then one of the Miss USA's or Miss America's, I forget which one. And I looked up both of their biographies and I really gravitated towards the Rosie's, only for the fact because it, it encompassed women also in the 40s and how their lifestyles changed and how it was a sociological movement as well as you know, a war movement, and it changed the way women looked at things. And so I uh, wrote Rosie's, The Women Who Riveted the Nation, that was produced in May of 2018. That's how I got started with the writing part. So then um, Summer offered me the um, position resident playwright because um, I'm all about education. You know, I want anybody who wants to learn about playwriting or writing characters or any writing in general, you know, I'm there, come in and talk to me. I'll help you as much as I can on getting you started on that path if that's where you want to go. And so that's how that started. And then it evolved from there. It just took off. Um, You know, we do the Let's Play events. Um, We've um, produced Boats uh, Against the Current, which was a Kentucky playwright. I helped in the development of that. you know, that's, that's really what I'm doing with that part of it is, is getting the word out about, you know, the plays that are going to produce for flashback and also getting the work out for my plays and helping develop, like currently we're doing Mary, her story flashback is supporting us in the development of that. And we'll produce that in May of 2022. So that's how that all evolved. Wow. 
Well, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. And that's what I love about Flashback. They will let you go as far as you want to go with it. They're very accommodating on supporting artists, um, directors, stage managers, writers, actors, um, administrative level. I mean, anybody who's interested, the, the door's open. That's fantastic. And I'm so glad that I've had the opportunity to work with you. Thank you. Um, do you have any last minute wisdom for any new writers out there? Well, uh, my wisdom for anybody in general in the arts and writers as well, you got to love it though. I mean, if it's, it's, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you think you're just going to write something and it's going to get, uh, you know, accepted and then you're on your way. It's, it's got to be a soul effort, I believe. The people that stick to it, it's in their soul. Uh, but just do it. Just do it. Don't worry about rejections or who likes it or where it goes from here. I think if, it's kind of like if you build it, they will come. If you write it, it'll get published. You know, just keep doing it. Yeah. Would be right. my best advice. <laughs> Just keep doing it, people. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amber, for joining me today. And remember, friends, that you can find Amber on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Amber, is there any other place that people can find you online that you want to share? Um, AmberFrangus.com. Yes, go to that website. And Facebook. Yeah, you already said that. Yeah, I think that's it. That you did. That's that's all yeah, I can think all of. All right. Well, definitely check her out, you guys. She's amazing, and um, she we got that musical coming, Mary Her Story. So be on the lookout for that. I'm so excited to be part of that project for her. Um, thank you again for listening, friends, and we will see you next month. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And thank you, Amber, for being such a great guest and sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, remember, friends, to go over to the Patreon. We've got the McNeil Voice Studio Patreon podcast after show. You don't want to miss it. Amber shares more wisdom with us. And we just get silly. It's fun. Go over and check that out. Um, also, a big shout out to Brooke Galloway for the intro music. We love you. And I'll be back next month. <laughs>